Alright, welcome to another bonus episode of the Leo B. Gyllenhaal Podcast, or whatchamacallit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is your boy, Leo Archibald. Now, the reason you get in a bonus episode on this very fine morning, afternoon, night, or whenever you feel like listening to this, is because we're dealing with some technical difficulties on our side of things. The last episode we put out, we uh, you might have listened to it and heard us in the podcast getting mad because we recorded like maybe like 30 minutes or so, and then we just lost the audio. But we was able to recoup and give you a very, very ridiculous episode. So for those of you guys struggle to listen to it, my bad. And then this past week, we, um, me and my co-host, Mr. Joaquin's Penny, Joaquin Pennysworth, we recorded almost a full episode. I'm talking over an hour and a half. And then once again, we lost the audio again. And this was, I mean, I know people always say this when you ain't going to hear, but this was one of the best this is one of our best episodes in a while, or was one of our best episodes in a while. So that was ultra frustrating. So thinking about putting the Leo B. Gyllenhaal podcast, you know, with regular episodes on a slight hiatus, just so we can get, hopefully get all the kinks and stuff worked out. I'm going to still try to drop little solo bonus joints for you guys just to make sure you so y'all know we ain't dead out here in the streets and uh yeah so this episode this bonus episode is gonna be a little different usually i just quickly go over some topics and then keep it pushing but i want to kind of go over some some of the things that we did last episode and just run through a bunch of topics that are out there just so we can feel like when we finally start doing the episodes again, we ain't, we ain't missed a bunch of stuff. Also, we did the Oscar predictions for the Oscars this year. And we had to finish it off mic because, like I said, episode messed up. So I'm going to try to quickly run through those on here. So when we meet up on the next actual episode, we can go over that and reveal who is the winner of a nice little cheap blu-ray or 4k if you balling like that off of amazon so first up like i said doing things differently on this bonus episode i usually don't go over the movies that i saw but hey get down get, get down get down you destroyed the whole puzzle oh my gosh see this is when you have a cat that acts like a dog things just Things get annoying, so excuse my uh, off-topicness, but y'all should be used to that by now. Oh yeah, so yeah, so I'm gonna go over some movies that I that I've seen recently, it's just so when we meet back up, I'm not listening to a bunch of movies and turning that whole segment into about thirty minutes or an hour. All right, so first off, I watched The Wolf of Wall Street to continue my Blu-ray marathon. One of my favorite movies of all time with one of my favorite actors of all time, Leonardo DiCaprio. He killed it. It's probably one of his best roles ever, in my opinion. Definitely top two or three. I can see why people don't enjoy the movie because it is very long. It's almost like it's a couple minutes from three hours. And it's just ridiculous from top to bottom. And that much ridiculousness for that long of a runtime and the levels that they go is just crazy. But that's why I really enjoy it because it's long. 
it's funny, it's entertaining, and it's crazy, and it's able to continue that quality for a very long time. So I love it. Jonah Hill's in it, probably one of his best roles ever. He killed it in the supporting role, introduced me to Margot Robbie and most of the world. She killed it. Just a great cast and performances all around, so great movie. If you haven't seen it, man, you better go check that out. Next up, I watched Annihilation at the theaters. I didn't really know much about this movie. I just knew Natalie Portman was in it. Natalie Portman is one of my favorite actresses, and I knew it was a weird little sci-fi joint because the guy who directed Ex Machina directed this, and that's what all the reviews and stuff were saying. So I'm like, you know, I'm definitely going to check this out. Ah, this movie was not for me. I walked out of the theater like, I don't know what I just watched. I don't know what it was about. I had like a slight little inkling, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't right. And I, like a lot of times you might hear on the podcast that I like movies like that, that are weird and that you got to do some research on. Some of them I don't like uh, upon seeing it, but then once I do the research, I like it more. Some I don't, you know, just it gauges, it varies or whatever. So I wasn't going to completely rule this movie out. So I did some research on it afterwards. And I was like, what the people are saying it's about, I don't care. I don't, still don't care for it. I don't like the way it was presented in the film. But I, did, I came to a realization that I'm not the biggest fan of sci-fi movies. All like that. It's just became, becoming more and more clear to me. I mean, there's cool, like, generic ones blockbuster action type of flicks but these like thinking sci-fi joints it's a good chance that i'm not gonna like it i uh, just got some notes on it the score at the beginning of the movie i thought it was gonna be dark and brooding but it was more it was different than i expected but then i had to remember guy who directed ex machina can't remember his name he directed this movie and there's a very specific scene in ex machina which that came out of nowhere it was a dance number to some upbeat music so this guy's a little different when it comes to his movies which is cool so i should have expected that um at the end of the movie without trying to spoil anything like i usually do there is an interpretive dance number as i like to call it between natalie portman and someone else and i was like this is very odd it was very artsy so i don't know take that as you may and like i said this movie ain't for me I like the cast. Got her, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Gina Rodriguez, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. So I like the cast. I just unfortunately wasn't feeling the movie. Next up, once again, I saw Black Panther at the theater. Still a great movie. Still has like a timely message. You know, everybody like it because it's great. Acting is great. Story's great. And we actually get to see... Uh, movie with a majority almost like 90 plus percent black cast in a one of the biggest franchises probably the biggest franchise in the in hollywood right now with the mcu and it is and it takes place in africa so all that stuff didn't expect to see it's killing out the box office deservedly so good for it like i keep saying i think it was overhyped because the hype was so crazy and everybody was seeing it just glowing reviews. It's a great movie. Don't want to try to find a reason to put it down. I just don't think it reached the levels that people are giving it, you know, per se. I still think, it, I mean, it's quality-wise, it's not one of my favorite Marvel movies. I mean, it's great, but I wouldn't put it like top three or nothing. But it will probably go down as one of my favorites because it's definitely going to be one of the more memorable ones for all the reasons I just said. 
and it has my one of my favorite actors, Michael B. Jordan, who killed it as Killmonger. Still, probably top two roles for him. And then one of my favorite directors, and Ryan Coogler, who's probably going to become the hottest director on the streets right now. And and I'd really like uh, Chadwick Boseman. I respect him and his what he's done so far. So that's why I'll it'll be a, probably like a personal favorite just on those on those notes. So yeah, if you haven't gone seen that, if you haven't seen it, you're one of those few people who haven't seen it. Go check it out. If you only seen it once, go check it out again. I already seen it twice, and I'm I'm gonna stop it right there until I get it on Blu-ray. All right, next I saw Red Sparrow just yesterday as I record this. Yesterday at the movies, this was a. This was an interesting joint. This was a definite spy-like thriller. We don't really get many of those movies nowadays in this vein. I read a bunch of reviews, and they were calling it like David Fincher light, and it definitely did give that vibe off, you know, kind of like the vibe that he gave us in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, just that vibe, kind of. And I thought the movie was cool. It was too long, though. It was like about 2 hours and 20 minutes. They could have chopped some of that off. Definitely, because the begin the first beginning half of the movie, like forty minutes up until hour in, it was enjoyable. It was crazy. It was like you know, like whoa, they're really doing this. It was kept me entertained. Then we hit that next chunk, and it just started to slow down. Mind you, I was already tired, falling asleep like I usually do in movies. So me falling asleep a tad bit probably plays into why I didn't like that portion of the movie. But it was still too long, and then things started to get better as the movie started to end. Had a nice little twist that I think it needed to perk things back up. There was no action really in it, but it had some brutal, violent moments, which made up for the no action. So I was happy to see that type of stuff. Jennifer Lawrence, I thought she did a great job, only for the simple fact that I don't think she dipped from her accent in the movie. Like, her accent wasn't super thick wasn't super laid on like you could still still hear her actual voice in it like how she regularly talks but i didn't see her just straight forget the accent in the movie so kudos to her so that's even before i even or even without getting on anything else of her performance i thought she did a great job with that and there was a nasty little uncle uh niece relationship in the movie that was a little perverted so you know whatever but just to sum it all up think this movie could have been better if it had just been shorter but it's still a cool cool little flick all right now before i go on into some topics and i'm talking about literally breezing through i'm just gonna literally go on one of my movie websites so at the top if i see something i want to quickly mention and give my opinion on i'm gonna do it then we're gonna move on to the next joint so this episode doesn't turn out to be super long it's already around uh the range where i usually make the solo joints so you know we'll see how long this one turns out to be all right so me and mr uh, penny's worth gave our opinion on all the movie or i guess all the awards for the oscars even the ones we know nothing about just guessed and we're gonna take a wing at it so without saying the nominees i'll just give who we chose so i'll say me then I'll say him as the uh, our, for our picks. I can't play with you right now. I'm busy. All right, first up, we got visual effects. We both went with Blade Runner 2049. 
great movie, one of the most beautifulest movies I've seen. If this movie does not take home a technical award, I will be upset. It already got robbed from the big awards just because it bombed at the box office. These movies shouldn't care about bombing. I mean, I know they try to like, they probably want to mix in movies people actually seen, but it's still a majority of the movies that are nominated for Best Picture people ain't seen. So go ahead and nominate a worthy movie like Blade Runner. Anyways, costume design. We both went with Beauty and the Beast. Makeup and hair. I went with Darkest Hour. He went with Victoria and Abdul. Best original song. I went with This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. He went with Remember Me from Coco. Best original score. I went with The Shape of Water score from Alexandre Dupla. I would say his name. And he went with Phantom Thread. Mr. Johnny Greenwood did that. All right, production design, we both went with The Shape of Water. Sound mixing, I went with Blade Runner 2049. He went with Dunkirk. Sound editing, I went with Dunkirk. He went with Baby Driver. Film editing, I went with Dunkirk. He went with Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. If you don't see a trend here, let me just let you know. I don't think... I'll spoil some of my next awards, but I don't think Dunkirk is going to take home many, like, if any, major awards. But the technical stuff, I think, will take home a lot. Just like uh, when Max. Mad Max? Mad Max. I'm going to say Max Payne. Yeeks. When Mad Max came out, everybody wanted that to be nominated for, like, Best Picture, Best Director. And it ended up not winning any of those big awards, but it, like, killed in the technical categories. So, and that was like a box office movie per se. Dunkirk is kind of the same thing. So, I think it will clean up in that department. And I'm also saying I want, I'm predicting Blade Runner. More more hope with these. It's like, like this movie looks too phenomenal for it to not get any of the big technical awards. Anywho, Franklin, but we're not going to go there. All right, best foreign language film. Never heard of any of these. I went with a movie called A Fantastic Woman. That's out of, out of Chile. He went with The Insult Outside, or that comes from Lebanon. Best live action short. Once again, never heard of these. I went with a film by the name of my nephew Emmett, just because I'd be watching The Shy, you know, Showtime, and there's a character on Emmett. There's a character named Emmett on there, and that's really my only correlation. Not like I'm a fan of the character or nothing, but. That's just it. Then he went with a film, I don't know how to pronounce it, like Watu Wot, which I think means all of us. Yeah, that. And then next, we got Best Documentary Short Subject. Never heard of any of these. I went with a flick or a short called Heron, Heroin? I, I can't read, so this probably looks obvious to some people, but I'm stupid. So I went with that. He went with Edith, Edith plus Eddie. All right, moving on to best documentary feature. I went with Abacus, small enough to gel. He went with Icarus. Get off the table. Get off the table. <sighs> All right, moving on. For uh, cinematography, I went with Dunkirk. He went with Mudbound. Best original screenplay, we both went with Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Best Adapted Screenplay, I went with, a, I think, is an underdog. So kind of just in a left field joint. I went with The Disaster Artist. He went with Call Me By Call Me by Your Name. 
For best animated short, we both went with Dear Basketball, which was done by the one Kobe Bryant. That would be dope if Kobe's able to get an Oscar. Um, best animated feature in this tragedy of a category, since the Lego Batman wasn't nominated. I went with where we both went with Coco. Best director, I went with Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. And he went with Phantom Thread, which is Paul Thomas Anderson. Get down. Get down. Jeez, let me, let me cook. Gosh. All right. Uh, best Supporting Actress, uh, we both went with Allison Janney for I, Tanya. For Best Supporting Actor, I went with Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. He went with Christopher Plummer uh, for All the Money in the World. Uh, best lead actress, I went with Frances McDormand for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. He went with Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Best lead actor, I went with Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. He went with the now-retiring Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. And last but not least, best picture, I went with Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. He went with The Shape of Water. I'm thinking that Three Billboards is going to clean up in the big, not clean up, but do good in the big categories. I'm saying that as I just think so. I'm going off of like with the Golden Globes and what a lot of other awards are going by. And also just because it's my favorite of all these movies. It's one of my favorite movies of last year. This was a great, great movie. It was performances were great. The script was great. It was a dark dramedy. So one minute you laughing. The next minute you like, dang, that was dark. Then you start laughing again. Then you're like, dang, that's dark. And then you laughing again. Then if you like, you got emotions and you got a heart or such, then you might start like feeling all sad. So it just, it has you bouncing off the walls and you would think that type of movie has tonal issues, but it don't. It just, it works very well with the flick. Definitely helps the performances are great on top of the script. Can't have a janky script and be bouncing all over the place. That won't work. So this movie did a great job. So hopefully it cleans up at the award show Sunday, uh, March 4th. And in that, or on that same day, I got the IC Movie Awards on, on icmovies.wordpress.com. Voting ends on that day. So if you ain't got out and vote, go vote. If you already voted, go vote again. Hopefully I don't like make a mistake and put this out after all this stuff happens because that would be just a waste of time. But anywho, move on. Let's scan through some some topics that's going on in Hollywood right now. First up, I do want to mention that uh, this ain't got nothing to do with movies, but Jessica Alba going to join that Gabrielle Union show or this little bad boy spinoff show. I don't care about the names. Move the show. Don't sound good. Okay. We skimming. We skimming. I do want to mention my boy Tommy Wiseau said he wants to reshoot the room in 3D. Not not convert it to 3D. He wants to reshoot it all. And he said he wants to include all the the stuff that made it what it is. Like all the mess ups and all that. But you can't strike gold like that twice. You ain't going to be able to shoot all those type of things in there without it looking stupid. Now, that movie just be whack. The Room is a classic. One of the best movies ever because it's awful. And it's definitely one of the worst. It's definitely the best worst movie ever. So go check that film out if you ain't checked it out. Um, Are we still scrolling? We still scrolling. Captain Marvel screenwriter says movies are action comedy. You don't need to tell me that. All the MCU MCU movies is like that. So that's just the norm. 
Next up, we scroll in. They moved up Avengers Affinity War a week into April, so I think it's like April 27th. Smart move, because that was too close to Deadpool 2 and Solo, a Star Wars story. I'm not saying it was going to be affected by it. Like, the first, those two weeks that it had separated from those, it was still going to kill. But then when Deadpool 2 came out, that's like hurting Deadpool 2, and then Solo is already going to have to feel the wrath of those three movies still doing well more Deadpool 2 than Solo, so I just think those movies needed a gap, so it's smart the, for the Avengers to go in April, not many movies around it that's going to be affected, so it can still ball out for three weeks, and then take its hits that it's going to take with those other big action movies, I just don't know why them three movies gotta come out in the same month, they're probably three of like five of the biggest movies to come out in the year, and three of them was going to come out in the same month, it was that close together, like, come on, y'all. All these movies are showing that this little structure of it, all these movies got to come out in the summer to make money, that don't work no more. Deadpool Black Panther cleaned up in February because there's no competition around it. I mean, jeez. All right, moving on. Scrolling, we scrolling. I said we scrolling. Dang, I thought there was more stuff at the top. Brad Pitt going to join that Quentin Tarantino movie about, like, an actor in Hollywood. It takes place with, like, Charles Manson murders. The movie is now going to be called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Cool title. Brad Pitt will be joining Leonardo DiCaprio in the cast. It was first said that Brad Pitt passed on it and was trying to get Tom Cruise in it. I'm glad they got Brad Pitt over Tom Cruise. I think acting-wise, I probably like Tom Cruise more than Brad Pitt. But I think for this type of movie... Brad Pitt and Leo will make a dope duo on top of, I'm sure the rest of the cast is going to be great because it's supposed to be a nice little star-studded ensemble piece. But both those two actors, Brad Pitt and Leonardo, they have paired up with Quentin Tarantino in the past and made great movies. Brad Pitt with Inglorious Bastards, which was great. Leonardo DiCaprio and De- or, dang, I was about to pronounce the D. Django Unchained, which is one of my favorite movies of all time, one of Leonardo's or thank you calling him that Leo's best performances. So I and with this storyline, I can't wait to see what Quentin comes up with on top of what these great actors are gonna bring to the table. Moving on, Kristen Wiig is in talks to play Cheetah in Wonder Woman 2. Cheetah is going to be the villain in Wonder Woman 2. If you don't know who Kristen Wiig is, from Bridesmaids, Anchorman 2. Um, why am I blanking on a bunch? Of, she's done a bunch of stuff. Go check her out. She was on SNL. I mean, great, great actress. She's very funny. Uh, Lady Ghostbusters, you know, that 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 movie. She's possibly going to play Cheetah. They said that they tried to get my girl Emma Stone to play Cheetah, but she turned that role down very quickly, which was wise. I I do want to see Emma Stone play a be in a comic book movie, but I don't want it to be DC. We all know how I feel over here about DC. They got to show and prove. Now, Wonder Woman is their positive property. That and hopefully, you know, like Aquaman, since James Wan is doing it. But who knows how sturdy this DC films are going to be. So I prefer my girl Emma Stone play in the MCU. She's going to play. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing her switch it up and play a villain. I think it was dope seeing Michael B play a villain. He did a great job with that. He's usually the nice guy. So 
you know, if you want to step out your comfort zone sometimes, I'm down with it. That make me, might make me more entertained. But Kristen Wiig playing Cheetah, I can't – off jump, I can't really see it. But I'm definitely interested in seeing how it works out because, like I said, I enjoy her as an actress. She just hasn't done many dramatic stuff. And I'm not saying Cheetah's going to be dramatic, like super dramatic by any ways, but it ain't going to be straight comedy. But I'm I'm not going to say she's not going to do a great job. I'm just saying I'm interested to see how she does this if she does take the role. So I hope she does. So bring some more intrigue to the flick. All right, we scrolling. I said we scrolling. Uh, we still scrolling. Chris Hemsworth and talked to for a new Men in Black movie. The reboot is supposed to arrive in 2019. I mean, hey, I was saying Michael B. But if you can't get Michael B, get Chrissy He. Hems, whatever, you know, whatever. It just, it all depends on who you pair him up with. Because don't let Chris Hemsworth, because he, he can, got the action down. We clearly know he got the jokes down. Because we've seen Thor Ragnarok and we've seen him in the Marvel movies and stuff. He's a great actor. He just doesn't pick the best movies outside of the, the Marvel movies. Like the one movie offhand I can say that was great that he did besides Thor and Avengers and all that was Rush. And that didn't make that much money. All his other movies don't make that much money. The movie he came out with this year, 12 Strong, didn't really do anything. Came and went like January's movies do. So this, you know, and he was in Ghostbusters and he was very funny in that. So if he has to go to an established brand to try to get back in the good graces, not good graces, but get to popularity outside the MCU because he can't he's not gonna do Thor forever so he gotta find his lane outside of there I'm cool with it but it's really just gonna depend on who they pair him up with to see how well the movie's gonna work it's not looking like his him being in Star Trek is gonna happen again because he was supposed to play the uh, who was his name Captain Kirk's dad as he did in the first one he's gonna supposed he's supposed to play that again in the new Star Trek, but seeing how Quentin Tarantino came in out of nowhere and gave his story, it looks like they're just going to ride with that one, and I'm pretty sure they ain't got nothing to do with Chris Hemsworth. All right, keeping it pushing. We scrolling. Said we scrolling. Man, they're slipping on what I was going to be talking about. Don't act up on me now, computer. We trying to get in and get out. Mm. Lee and Will Smith started shooting a little Gemini man that's nice I'm always here for a new Will Smith movie Fox developing a Silver Surfer movie plus X-Men or plus a, like three movies a year so they just going like you know like the little Disney or Comcast deal that ain't, that ain't gonna affect them none so that's cool Silver Surfer movie I mean I'm not surprised you got to do what you got to do with your property, especially since they're probably terrified to do a Fantastic Four movie by themselves again because those last few times just was not working out. Come on, website. Don't play with me. I got to make sure it's still recording because with all the technical difficulties we've been having lately, you never know. Uh, oh, my gosh. Come on, low. Jeez, thank you. So we're scrolling. We are scrolling. Antoine Fuqua is once again up to direct a Scarface movie. He was he was planning to do it. And I think the Matt, or who is it? 
Equalizer 2, I think, got in the way, so he had to dip. Then David Ayer said he'll do it, but then I think now he got a dip, so Antoine Fuqua might jump back in. Movie was supposed to come out, I think, like in August or September this year. That's definitely not happening. So, I mean, it really don't matter. I mean, these two directors are cool. I would have preferred David Fury because I just like his movies more than... Uh, do I? Antoine Fuqua did Southpaw, The Magnificent Seven, and Training Day. David Fury just really got Fury in the end of Watch. So, I mean, it, I guess, okay, I guess it, it really doesn't matter which one of them directed this movie. Just, it depends on how they go about it. Because everybody looks at Scarface like a classic. And I thought it was a good movie, but. You know, those are two solid directors, so you're putting it in adequate hands. But I'm not saying a movie going to be good. We will see. We know how reboots reboots can be. All right, let me just scroll just a little bit further. Actually, I think I got some notes in my phone. Um, Jessica Chastain is in talks to play to star in It too. Now that's the fan casting a majority of people have been saying she should play. I forget the girl's name. not even going to look it up. But y'all know who I'm talking about. The redhead girl. The only girl on the, the, in the little losers crew. Stop it. Oh, my gosh. Let me. You're about to go in your cage. Jesus. Animals. Not even a dog. Okay. The mic unplugged. So, sorry for that little quick cutoff. And we back. So, I was talking about Jessica Chastain who she's most likely going to play in this It sequel. Everybody would say, oh, she definitely should play it. The cast of the movie was saying she should play her. So it was dope to actually see a fan, like a fan theory possibly come to light. I mean, I, she looks just almost just like the girl if she was to grow up. I was riding with her, or me personally, I would have went with Amy Adams just because I like Amy Adams more. But I'm perfectly fine with Jessica Chastain if it plays out that way, I think having a great cast for the adults in this little it world will benefit more than having those little bunch of nobodies as kids because I'm already expecting the first one to be better than the second one just because watching kids interact and they did such a great job is funnier than watching adults interact so you got to have some a1 actors or a nice group of a1s with some good little side pieces and maybe an unknown here or there to balance out that potential shortcoming. Uh, Chris Chris Tucker says Rush Hour 4 is happening. I mean, I feel like this this topic always comes up, but it seems like if, you know, if Chris Tucker says it's happening, then it might be on board because he's like the hardest to get tied down. He probably still asking for about $50 million. What will the movie be about? I don't even know. They went to, they was in L.A., they went to China, they went to, uh, where'd they go on the third one? The third one is forgettable. Um, I don't even, I don't even know. Well, I have no clue what it'll be about, but I'm there for it, no matter how old they are. I'm not saying it's going to be great or nothing, but I'm there for it. Now, Brett Ratner, who directed the three, the three rush hours, clearly is not going to be around to do this one. Seeing how his little uh, deal with the company is through. I'm forgetting what that is, too. Yeah, clearly I got all the knowledge. So his little deal through that company is done. You know, if you don't know what Brett Ratner was doing, he was one of those people who was taken down in the old uh, sexual assault allegations spree that was going on not too long ago. 
which has quietly quieted down. So I think we're on to, I think we're on a new wave in this world, and that seems to be school shootings, which is unfortunate. But Jesus, we just do some crazy stuff in this world, and it just don't change. But do I think Brett Ratner is gonna still try to weasel his way into this flick? Probably, cause he's desperate, and he was like, "Yo, I worked on these movies. These movies ain't gonna be the same without me." They gonna be fine, bruh, cause I forgot that you did these movies until I just read about it. Alright, next. Joss Wheaton stepping down from Batgirl and most likely DC movies. He wanted to do this movie. You know, he came in, wanted to do this movie badly because he always wanted to do Batman, but he was geeked to do Batgirl. And I guess you know, just things didn't work out. He could he said he couldn't come up with like a story or something. I think that's a lie. They probably saw what happened with Justice League. And they're like, nah, we done with you. Now, mind you, that's not his fault. That was a Frankenstein movie he took pieces of what Zack Snyder did and came in and tried to change it to what the what the company wanted and put his little stamp on it all while dealing with somebody else's stuff and do it at the last minute. So whether well, it wasn't his fault, but he still gets the gets half the blame or a chunk of the blame because he, he took the job, so you get the blame. Do I think it's a smart or a dumb move? I think it's a smart move. It's an unfortunate move because I still respect him as a director, even though I blame him for just – I give him some of the blame for Justice League. But it's smart because, yo, you got to get away from D.C., bruh. <laughs> That's one of them things, like, you tried to be a part of it, didn't work. All right, you got to do. So that thing is a sinking ship. I know they're trying to right the ship, so they might, but you got to let – the other people who are willing to take that risk are already signed on to try to right their ship. And if they do fix it, then you come back around and then join in on the fun. But nah, not right now. Not right now. Not right now. Anything else I want to touch on? Let me just scroll some. Scroll a little bit more. I think, I think we're good. I think we done did enough. This is a bonus episode after all. This ain't a full-length joint. This is already the longest one we got. So... Um, yeah, we're just going to end this episode off with saying I saw that Avengers Affinity War is predicted to make $215 million, which would mean it's the highest op- highest grossing opening weekend for a Marvel movie, and then the third highest opening weekend behind the latest two Star Wars movies, but that's just a prediction. We saw what Black Panther was supposed to do. They were saying it was about 90, then about like 120, then went to 140, and then bam, it was at like 200 plus, so... Things could clearly change, but oh my gosh, go away. This guy, he's going to skate. We got to wrap this up. All right, so this has been another bonus episode. It's your boy, Leo Archibald. Like I said, you might have, you might be seeing a hiatus going on from the actual numbered episodes just because I'm going to take a little uh, gather ourselves and get some stuff situated, but you might get these bonus episodes randomly thrown out there and just all days. So I'm doing this on a Friday. Usually, we do the episodes on a Monday, get them out on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Doing this on a Friday? Try to get it out tonight, maybe tomorrow. We're going to see because I got plans. I'm leaving the city tomorrow, so we're going to see. Anyways, I'm just really babbling now, so it's time to end this joint off right now.